You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. God is good and He is real. He's real. God is real. And He's going to be more real in your life. It's going to be more real. There is an increase, there is an intensity. It's going to get more and more intense, more and more real. Okay? As we sort out our souls and we get into a place of wholeness, our capacity to, to contain the glory is increased. Our capacity to handle the power of God increases. Hallelujah. So there are many things we're not able to enter into because of the state of our souls. And that's why we're dealing with this matter. And I'm, I know every one of us needs help. Is there anyone that needs help for their soul? Come on, yes. For me, I raise my hands and my feet. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. But you know, we have a helper. Yes, we have a strong tower. Very present help in time of need. All right. So we appreciate the Lord. Why don't you just lift up your hands and say, Lord Jesus, I appreciate you for being faithful, for always being there, always being present. I appreciate you. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Even when I'm not faithful, you have remained faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate you. Amen. Glory to God. Many times we have failed him. We have broken his heart many times, you know, but he still remains faithful. He's always there. He's always there. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing when you look at how Jesus, you study the life of Jesus. No. I mean, there's nobody like him. There's nobody like him. When Judas betrayed him, and he knew what Judas was doing, but he was still calling him friend. I, I, I mean, how do you explain that? He still calls him his friend. And this guy has just gone to strike a deal to have him murdered. And he's still calling him friend. There's something about Jesus we need to learn. Amen? Yeah, if you want to, if you want to become who God wants you to be, you better study the life of Jesus. Look at Jesus. It will free you from so many things. Amen. So why don't we just pray. Father, we thank you this morning as we go into your word. I thank you. For your word is spirit and is life. I thank you, Father, for utterance. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Thank you that you will speak through this lips of clay. I ask that you will touch somebody here. 
Lord God, and online, oh Father, let there be a spirit-to-spirit communication. Lord God, let there be transformation. Oh Father, let there be restoration. Let there be wholeness. Let there be wholeness, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Yes, so we've been talking about the soul. Will you, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? And that was a question that Jesus asked. He asked the, um, the man by the pool. Okay, and we know that this man was physically paralyzed. And he was in that condition. Let's look at that scripture again in John chapter 5. In John chapter 5 there, um, Jesus went there. And it's so interesting that Jesus only healed one person there, even though there were many sick people there. You know, some people have this impression that Jesus just went around, just healed everybody randomly. No. He worked according to the Father's leading. He worked according to the Father's leading. There were times, yes, he healed everybody, but not every time. There were times he healed everybody, but then there were times that he would just heal one person and then continue and leave the other sick people there. How do you explain that? (laughs) But you see, that's one of the things about God. God, although God has emotions, but he doesn't, there are principles that govern what he does. He doesn't just do things haphazardly. Okay? Yeah. So here he says in chapter 5 of John, from verse 1, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In this lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first at the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now there was a certain man there who had an infirmity 38 years. Oh my goodness. That's a long time. And Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there in that condition for long. And he said to him, do you want to be made well? And the King James says, will thou be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? And my question to you today is, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Uh, we've said that this is, although this is speaking of a, a physical condition, okay, physical breakdown of health. His health was broken down um, physically, but today we are talking about the soul because your soul is as real as your body, okay? It's as real, it's as important, or maybe even more important than your body because. Your soul will live forever. 
Your body will not. Your soul will live forever. He says, the soul that sins shall die. He didn't say the body that sins. <laughs> okay? He says, the soul that sins shall die. Although there is a sin of the body. You know, the Bible says that um, adultery, fornication is a sin of the body. Okay? So there are sins of the body, but then there are sins of the soul. There are sins of the soul. And it is important for us to be whole. Why? Because there are so many things that get affected when we're not whole. When our souls are sick. Just like when you are physically sick, when you're physically sick, there are things you cannot do. Am I correct? Yeah. So if you are sick, Physically, there are times you, you want to do some things, but you are so sick, you are not able to do those things. The sickness hinders you. It limits your ability to perform. You can be so sick that you are not able to go to work. Or even when you get to work, you are not productive because you are sick. Am I correct? Yeah. So if you are sick... You are not able to do so many things. And sometimes you're so sick that you can't even get out of bed. You can't get out of bed. You're lying down there. Spend days lying down. And there are people in the hospitals who are so sick. They, 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 they're so sick that they can't even do anything. You can be so sick that you can't even help yourself. You can be so sick that the simplest thing you used to do, you find it impossible to do because of the state of your, your, your body. You can't even eat. That's right. You can be so sick you, you can't eat. You don't have any appetite. You take food in, it comes out. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, so this happens physically, but I want you to know that it is also the same with the soul. Yeah, so when your soul is sick, because you can't see your soul, you just keep going on, but then it affects many things. It affects your capacity to perform in many areas. It affects your ability I'm telling you, to fulfill your destiny. The soul is important. Soul health is vital. It's vital. And that's why we're dwelling on this. We're dealing with this. Why? Your soul, your soul. Pay attention to your soul. Pay attention to what goes on in your soul. Pay attention. Don't allow your soul to be, um, don't allow the enemy to have free access to your soul. Protect your soul. It's, it's the most valuable thing you have. It's the most valuable, I'm telling you. The Bible says in the book of uh, Deuteronomy, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 6. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, it says, 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. All right? Then he now says, look at verse 5. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Now, notice there that your capacity to love God is affected by the state of your soul. Yeah. So if you don't take care of your soul, it will affect your relationship with God. It will affect your relationship with God. And not only your relationship with God, your relationship with people. Your relationship with people will be affected by the state of your soul, by the condition of your soul. So you need to pay attention to what is going on in your soul. How can you love God with all your soul if part of it is sick? So that means you can only love him with a fraction of your soul, with a part of your soul, but not all of your soul. What God wants is all of your soul. He wants you to love him with all of your soul. Just like in a relationship, you want to be loved completely. Am I correct? Yeah. You want to be loved. You don't want 50% love and then... Hmm? Where is the other 50? Good question. Yeah. Where is the other 50? Who's got the other 50? Who's got the other 50? You want 100%. And that's how it's supposed to be. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how God created us to function. But sin distorted and caused serious damage to the human psyche. I'm telling you. And the soul was damaged. And that's why Jesus came to help us. He came to help to restore our soul back to his former or original position. When you restore something, it means, I mean, that thing, it's, it's, you know, it's, that thing as you've seen people that restore, I mean, there are so many things you restore. You restore furniture, you can restore a car, you can restore, you know, you, you make it, by the time you finish with it, it looks so good. Is that not so? Yeah. So, part of what Jesus does is that he is in the business of restoring souls. Yeah. It's a good place to thank him. He's in the business of restoring souls. Life has a way of battering our souls. Life has a way of fracturing our souls. Life has a way of, of, of wounding our souls. So many things. they just too much that causes harm to our souls. And it's continuous. It's continuous. You might just wake up, you had a great time with God. Great time in fellowship. And you woke up, you had a 
powerful time with God and you're walking to the office and then your soul gets bruised. What are you going to do? Are you going to leave it in that state? You have to do something about it. So sometimes people begin to speak and they begin to treat you somehow. And then they treat you like you are not human. As if you are uh, a third class citizen. <laughs> Has anybody been treated like that? Yeah. yeah. So the state of your soul is vital and the enemy knows it. So that's why he invests so much in causing damage or damages to our souls. But good enough, God has invested more in our restoration, in our wholeness. Hallelujah. God has gone ahead of him. So don't be afraid of anything. Because although you are, uh, you've got a sinful nature, but you also have a divine nature. You have a divine nature. Okay? Oh, the, the sinful nature is that which we inherited from Adam because of what he did, right? So we inherited certain things. There are certain things you don't need to teach any child to do. They just do it. Why? Because the sinful nature is inherent. But then, when you get born again, you now receive the nature of God. God imparts His nature into you. And He's giving you the capacity to now walk like Him, live like Him, and be like Jesus. So the new creation is a powerful creation. The, your spirit man is so powerful. The potential of your spirit is so powerful. But we have to deal with the soul. Help the soul to be restored so that the, the spirit man can be fully expressed. Remember, we said from the beginning that your, your spirit is that part of you that is God-conscious, right? It's looking up. Your soul is self-conscious. That's what gives you self-awareness. That's what gives you the, your, 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 uh, your sense of value, your sense of uh, identity, your, your, your personality. All of that is from in, in, within your soul. So when something happens to fracture that, it affects your behavior. It affects how you interpret life. It affects how you relate with God. It affects how you, you even interpret the Word of God. Because when the Word is coming, you can just get offended and say, why is it talking like that? But it is the state of the soul. The state of the soul affects how you interpret life. It affects you more than you think. Affects you more than you think. You know, you were made in God's image after His likeness. Image, okay? Think about the word image. 
and imagination. All right? <laughs> yes. So, God uses your imagination, but Satan also uses your imagination. Your imagination is in your soul. So, if your soul is fractured, it causes you to begin to see things, to imagine things. You start imagining certain things. You start seeing things, even if they are not there yet, or they are not there. You can create them in your mind. So, the enemy attacks the soul because he knows if you love God with all your soul, he knows that you are going to access more power and you'll be more dangerous to, to his kingdom. So what does he do? He wants to make sure that he fractures things. And then he now begins to plant imaginations in you. About God, about yourself. Come on. You can have the wrong image about God because of the state of your soul. You can have the wrong image about yourself because of the state of your soul. You can have a wrong image about your spouse because of the state of your soul. You can have the wrong image about the church because of the state of your soul. You can have the wrong image about your pastor because of the state of your soul. You can have the wrong image about your parents because of the state of your soul. You see, and it goes on and on like that. And so that's why soul wholeness and health cannot be overemphasized. It impacts you more than you imagine. It affects your life. So lately I've been asking myself, but why do I see this like this? How come now it's like, because there are some prayers I've been praying. And it's like, God is answering those prayers. He's now beginning to open my understanding. To see, look, this, you need to deal with this. If you can sort this out, then you can. You can enter into the next. So your soul can imprison you. can imprison you. It can confine you. It can confine you. And you be blaming everybody around. Meanwhile, it's your soul condition. Your soul can deceive you. Do you understand? So, I know that God is doing a work of healing in somebody's soul this morning. Doesn't matter what you've gone through. Doesn't matter the experience you've gone through. It doesn't matter the trauma. Trauma can affect your soul. I told you last week, sin affects our soul. You know? Abuse, whether it's physical abuse or Emotional abuse, they affect our souls. Seriously, significantly. 
And sometimes when I see people that are abusive, I feel, I mean, with this understanding now, I can, I can now empathize. I say, oh my, this person is going through a lot. Instead of now saying, you know, this person is so bad, this person, now you see it with a different mind that the soul is wounded. And this, the wound of the soul is what is causing the person to behave the way they are behaving. And they begin to crush everybody around them. It's a soul condition. That's why we need the help of God. <laughs> Amen. Because offenses come every day. But you have to learn to deal with them. Don't allow them to eat you up. Understand, when offenses come, think about it this way. See it as a strategy of the enemy to make your soul sick. So decide, see it that way. Instead of just looking at it and, and you now begin to hate somebody, don't hate anybody because hatred is not good for your soul. So don't hate anybody. Please, don't. Okay? That's why love is so powerful. No matter what they did to Jesus, he couldn't hate them. He just kept loving them. Even as they were nailing him to the cross, he was saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Hallelujah. That's somebody that understood the state of the human soul. He understood it. And so that affected his response to the way people treated him. It affected his response to the way, you know, um, the, 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 the um, persecution, the, the violence against him and all of that. Let me tell you, as a nation, we are sick. The soul of this nation is sick and it needs healing. Do you understand me? We need to pray for the healing of the nation. The soul of the nation has been bruised, battered from, from years of oppression. That has an effect. That's why we're seeing what we're seeing. I don't, I mean, I'm not making excuses for. Um, for wrong things, but I'm saying that we need to also see it the way God sees it. You need to see it the way God sees it. Why? Why are people so violent? There is, it's a s s state of the soul. It's a condition of the soul. And so we want to pray and trust God to move, to bring healing to the land. Why is there so much abuse? It's a soul condition. It's a soul condition. Am I making excuses? No. It should be addressed. But we need to see it for what it is. 
See it for what it is. So when you pray, you pray with compassion. If you're an intercessor, you need to have more compassion. Because it's compassion that makes Jesus pray for us. He's seated at the right hand of the Father and He's praying for us. He's interceding with us. He says we do not have a high priest who is not touched by the feelings of our infirmities. He understands our frame. He understands our souls. He understands the condition, the, 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 the desperate condition of our souls. And so because of that, he's able to intercede appropriately. He's able to pray for us accurately. If you're praying for people and you are busy, you know, castigating them at the same time, you are not a good intercessor. You're not a good intercessor. You're not doing, any, you're not doing anybody any favor. But you see, when you are, as you are walking and you begin to see, and I'm telling you, that's one of the things that helps us sometimes even in pastoral ministry because you're seeing people behaving somehow, but you still have to keep loving them. Why? Why do you do that? Why? It's, a, it's an understanding of the soul of man. So it gives you the capacity. It increases your capacity to love people. To forgive people. Amen. And we need that. We need a high dosage of that. <laughs> yeah. So that we can have healthy relationships. I believe that there is so much treasure in this land. You know, the greatest resource in this land is the people. It's the people. Don't believe what you see out there. Okay? Don't believe what you see in the media. Don't believe that. Don't believe the media. The media, they have their own, they're in, they're in business. <laughs> they're not in ministry, they're in business. <laughs> so whatever will, you know, they believe in ratings. They need ratings. They need, you know... They need viewership. They, they, you know, they, they, they need adverts. And, and, and the viewership is what determines the adverts. How much is paid. If, if not many people are viewing, then people won't pay much. So whatever will sell is what will be projected. It's business. So as a child of God and as a king and as a priest... As a kingdom citizen, you need to see things from a kingdom perspective, from a biblical perspective. Okay? So, they say, oh, well, um, there's a lot of xenophobia and all of that, but majority of South Africa is not like that. Come on. You see, I, so, I don't believe that narrative. There is love. Hallelujah. There is love. There is hospitality. There is Ubuntu. Come on. There is much more than what we are being told. 
But when we're superficial in our approach and our, uh, in, uh, uh, we just observe things and then we just take what we see and then make conclusions, we will make mistakes. We'll make mistakes and we will misjudge people. We'll misjudge people. We will misunderstand people. Even when that child is being rebellious, that rebellion is not because that child is evil. That rebellion is a state of the soul. But it's manifesting as rebellion. So some soul conditions will manifest as violence. But it's not because that person is, is really like that. It's a soul condition. It, there's something, there's war going on inside. There is war going on within. And that, that's why your spirit man, you need to feed your spirit man. You need to be strong inside. Because if you are not strong inside, you won't be able to harness your soul. The spirit is supposed to rule over the soul. Okay? Your spirit man. God made man from the beginning in his image after his likeness. And God invested in the spirit of man. Okay? Man sinned. The spirit was fractured. In fact, not fractured. It was killed. Okay? The spirit died. So this, the soul took over. And the soul began to rule. Their soul began to dominate, but so, the soul was also fractured. So the, the, the soul was deformed, and so the soul in a deformed state is trying to, to rule. And so, and the soul was not created to be the ruler. It's your spirit that was created to be the ruler. And some people, even it's bad, so bad that some are ruled by their bodies. The body is supposed to be the slave. Do you understand? So the soul, the, I mean the spirit is supposed to be the king. Hallelujah. And the soul is supposed to be the queen. <laughs> and the body is supposed to be the servant. If I may put it that way. Yeah, so when, when the servant now begins to rule, can you see the confusion? Yeah, so when you allow feelings to rule your life, what you are doing is that you are allowing a servant to rule the king. Yeah, so that's why we need to... We need to Feed our spirit man. And how do you feed the spirit? With the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone. Bread is for the body, is for the servant. The word is for the spirit and the soul and even the body. So at best, what food can do? Is to give your body a good feeling. <laughs> and uh, some food will increase your, what do you call it, endorphins? Those feel good, you know? Yeah. Like some of you that like, you know, ice cream. You know how 
when you take it, it's just like, wow. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you start worshiping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't contribute anything to your spirit. <laughs> Just there in the body. Hallelujah. But I want you to know that God wants you whole. He wants you whole. Because if your soul is, is, is not whole, when somebody corrects you, the way you would interpret that correction will be distorted. You can't, you can't take rebuke. You can't take correction. In fact, sometimes even if, if your soul is not in a good, good space and, and you are asked a question, you get offended. It's like, why are you questioning me? Don't you trust me? No, it's not a matter of trust. Yeah. So your soul, that's where your insecurities are. That's where they are. So there's so much going on inside you that you are not even aware. And so that's why it's good to pray, Lord, restore my soul. Restore my soul. You understand now why David, in Psalm 23, says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Hallelujah. He leads me beside the still waters. Come on. Why? What's he doing? He's ministering to your soul. That's what the Lord is there for. Amen. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. For his namesake. Hallelujah. He restores my soul. Come on. Say, he restores my soul. Say, Lord, restore my soul. Amen. Whatever has, has wounded my soul, Lord, bring wholeness. Restore my soul to what you had in mind when you made me. Amen. That is so important. Because many of us need to be freed in our minds. We need to be freed in, in our emotions. We need to be freed in our, uh, in our memories. We need to be freed. Yeah, you need to be freed. Some of us need to be freed in our imaginations. We need to be free. Because you are carrying an image that God did not give you. You're carrying an image in your, in your head, in your, in your soul, in your mind. You're carrying this thing and God didn't give it to you. And it reminds me of Adam after he sinned. You know, 
God comes into the garden in the cool of the day. Adam, where are you? And Adam was hiding. And, and Adam says, I heard your voice and I was afraid because I, I went to hide because I was naked. God says, who told you that? That's an image I didn't give you. I didn't give you that image, Adam. Have you eaten from the tree that I said you shouldn't eat? Sin has fractured your soul, Adam. And now your image of yourself has been battered. Now you, you become fearful. You know, a lot of times, a lot of the fears that people have, a lot of the phobias, they are soul issues. That need to be healed. So you need to, when you go before God, you need to pray and open yourself up and allow Him to do a work in your soul. Allow the Word of God to get inside. Don't be quick to be offended. People that are quick to be offended have soul issues. Yeah, it's a soul condition. You find it hard to forgive. It's a soul condition. And if you don't get rid of that, it will take you to hell. I'm telling you. Yeah. Because the soul that sins shall die. And unforgiveness is sin. Many Christians are in hell for unforgiveness. Because they wouldn't, they couldn't, they wouldn't um, rule over their souls. They allow their feelings to rule over them. Okay, this person did this to me. This, okay, that is true, but forgive. That's what Jesus said. If you don't forgive your own sins, the ones that were forgiven before, they're brought back. Hey! It's a good place to shout. What? So everything that God says, you are forgiven, the moment you don't forgive, all of that, you know heaven can't contain you. Yeah. Is it worth it? No, it's not. It's painful. Yes, I know it's painful. And God knows it's painful. In fact, Jesus knows. I showed you last week from Isaiah 53. But he says, forgive. Now, forgiving, does that mean you need to trust that person? No, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you should trust the person. But don't forgive. Uh, if you don't forgive them, you're in trouble. God does not command you to trust people. Yeah. No. He doesn't command you to trust people. Where, where is the scripture that says, Thou shalt trust? No. No, trust is earned. But love is a debt. Hallelujah. 
So Jesus said, even, even your enemies, you love them. So your soul needs to be whole for you to, 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 to do some of the things that Jesus says. If your soul is not whole, you can't do it. You can't. That's why you need to pay attention to what goes on inside. Why, why do I feel this way about this person? Go ask yourself. Examine. Go before God. God, why am I feeling like this? This is not, this is not normal. If you take it as normal, it will finish you. Because the longer you stay in that state, the more it fractures you. And the more it starts affecting your perception. It starts affecting your ability to hear. Your ability to discern is affected. Then to hear God now becomes affected. Then you start hearing things. You start receiving leadings that God is not giving. Because your soul is not in a good state. It's not healthy. And because your soul is not healthy, you start receiving visions that are not from God. They are projections from your soul that have been ma manipulated by the enemy to misdirect you and to get you into the wrong thing. All in the soul. I'm telling you, the soul of man is critical and fulfilling destiny. You cannot be who you are called to be, who God made you to be, if you ignore your soul. Impossible. You can't. Yeah. So the soul is an important part of our lives. Pay attention. Pay attention. That thing you went through as a child. You know, the, the, the formative years of a child are critical. Because things can happen to that child. And that's why God doesn't take it lightly. He says, anyone that offends any of these little ones. He says, it would be better for him if he were not born. It would be better for... In fact, for a... a, a a stone to be tied to their neck and thrown into the sea. That is better. When God says things like that, you better be careful. So the people that go around abusing children and deforming their souls, they're going to stand before God one day. I remember years ago as a child, I was abused tremendously. <laughs> I don't know if it's the right way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I went through hectic abuse as a child, you know, by, you know, a relative. Abused me so bad. Do you know that like, there was a time in my life that I didn't used to laugh? I mean, as a child, I didn't laugh. There was a time in my life that I didn't used to laugh. There was a time in my life that if you ask me what's your name, I'll be afraid to tell you my name because I wasn't sure if I'll be punished. Because I, I didn't, you know, if, 
If I answer the question wrongly, I'm in trouble. If I laughed and, you know, it's like, what's funny? Why are you laughing? And I'm in trouble. As a child, imagine, four years old, going through those kind of things. So you ask me, what's your name? I'll just be looking at you. I was afraid of people. Because I'm, so, I'm in, a, in a, an environment with, a, with, um, with relatives who are supposed to be, it's supposed to be a safe environment. But I was abused in ways that <laughs> I remember those days. And my mom would come to visit and bring toys. You know, she would bring toys. Uh, and she would bring those toys. They would take those toys for me and give it to other children. And I knew it was mine. It was terrible. And then I remember the times that she would come visit and she would not be allowed to see me. And she would stand by the window. I would be inside. They would lock me Inside, I've been by the window. She would talk to me through the window. I still remember those things. I have memories of things from when I was three. I can remember. <laughs> so this thing affected me. You know, and when going to school, they talk to me and I'm looking. Ask questions I can't answer because I'm scared. People come around me, I'm panicking. Why? A fractured soul. A wounded soul of a child. In his formative state. And I remember how God healed me and took me out of that. Hallelujah. When I was taken out of that situation, and my mom began to speak to me, and she would look me in the eyes, she would say, Eric, you are a child of God. You are intelligent. You are smart. You're not dumb. Because I've been told so long, for so long how dumb I was and how useless I was and how I wasn't needed. <laughs> I remember those things. So I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know where you're coming from. I don't know your situation. I don't know your history. But God knows. God knows and God has made provision for your healing. For your healing. And one day I remember my mom looked at me and she says, Eric, you're a miracle. <laughs> Hallelujah. God had transformed me and brought me out of that cocoon. And now in the place where I can talk to people with confidence. Hallelujah. Amen. Healed and restored. But then sometimes we go through life and certain things affect us in ways that you don't have the skill and you don't have the wherewithal to protect your soul and to address that thing. Why am I doing this series? Why am I doing this teaching? Because there is so much that is still yet to happen on the earth. Yeah. 
part of the last days, there's going to be a lot of fractured souls. <laughs> yeah. Read Matthew 24. There's so many scriptures. We don't want to go there. Our time is up. So I'm telling you, you can be restored. Your soul can be restored. God's image in you can be restored. If anything, you've gone through any experience, whether it is knowingly or unknowingly, whether it is done to you or you did to yourself, do you understand? Because there are times we do things to ourselves that fracture our souls. There are times that it is people, other people that did to us, but there are times that we did to ourselves. But I want you to receive forgiveness. One of the ways to heal the soul is through forgiveness. And receive. Receive from God the healing. Let's just stand up on our feet. Come on. Just say this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I open myself My spirit, soul, and body belong to you. My soul belongs to you. I open my soul to you right now. Do a work in my soul. Have mercy upon me. Whatever I have done and whatever has been done to me that has fractured my soul and has deformed my soul. I ask for mercy. Forgive me, Lord. Have mercy. I ask for your healing. Let the healing power come into my soul right now. I forgive those that have wronged me, those that have wounded me, those that have made me sick in my soul, I forgive them right now. Have mercy. Have mercy upon me. Restore my soul. Restore my soul. You are my shepherd. I receive you right now as my shepherd as the one that mends the broken heart begin to mend my heart the brokenness in my heart bring me to a state of wholeness in the name of Jesus thank you father I give you praise Every contrary voice, every contrary vision, every contrary imagination that is assigned to mislead me, I command right now to be pulled down in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now I want to pray for you. Father, I pray for your people. I break every power of the enemy. Lord God, going back, going back, 
decades, going back, oh Father, even generations. Lord my God, every wound, every sickness, every infirmity of the soul, I command to be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Whether it's from loved ones, whether it's from neighbors, whether it's from friends, from colleagues. Lord, I ask for a supernatural work in the hearts of your people. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I release your peace. The peace that passes all understanding to bring wholeness. I declare your shalom over your people. Those here, those watching online, I speak the peace of God that passes all understanding. Nothing missing, nothing broken in the name of Jesus. Nothing missing in your personality. Nothing missing. Yes in your soul nothing broken let that which is broken be restored be healed be made whole be put back together again in the name of Jesus be put back together be healed from insecurities be healed from fears be healed from inferiority be healed right now Whatever abuse has brought into your life, be healed from that. In the name of Jesus. Whatever sin has brought into your life, be healed of that right now. In the name of Jesus. Whatever fracture in your soul, I command healing. Healing right now. I speak. That the image of God in you will be fully restored. In the name of Jesus. Let the image of God in you be fully restored. In the name of Jesus. That fear of failure. It, was, it, it, it is not part of you. Don't live with that. I, I hear the Spirit saying there's someone here. There's a fear that has followed you for so long. Be free from that right now. I cast that spirit out. In the name of Jesus out of your life yes that fear that came into your life as a result of a relationship failure I rebuke that right now get out in the name of Jesus be free be free be free right now in the name of Jesus I speak wholeness to your relationship life in the name of Jesus Thank you, Father. Let your capacity to love increase. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Your capacity to receive as well. Let it increase. In the name of Jesus. Your capacity to receive love. Your capacity to receive blessings. Your capacity to receive life. Let it increase. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for, for liberty. Thank you, Lord. For increase. Thank you for abundance. 
in this life, Lord God, that they will be ushered into their destinies in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.